Boldathon rolls on. You heard from one of our favorite X-Packers turned ESPN analysts in Matt Hasselbeck a little bit earlier. Now, I mean, look, you get insight from Tausch after an 11-year NFL career. You get some insight from me as a sports writer for almost 30 years. There aren't many people that could say they do both. This guy does, and he does it really well. Oh, and he coaches high school football, too. It is our friend Matt Bowen on Wildey and Tausch. Matt, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Hey, are you putting your playbook on social media? Is that what you're doing now? Because I'm seeing you break down. You're not doing uh, NFL matchup. You're doing, like, your team matchup. You're giving me all kinds of film of your own team. Oh, no, I want to put stuff out there for our kids. I'll tell you what, I was up in Madison this summer. We took, I think, 13 of our players up to Wisconsin Prospect Camp. It was outstanding. Uh, drove the bus up to Madison. Um, got to spend time with Jimmy Leonard, which was outstanding. And then Wisconsin offered our wide receiver defensive back, K.J. Parker. And then the way home, we stopped at the world's largest Culver's, I believe, on the way home. Um, north oh, of Rockford yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and then yep. we made it home. So it was awesome. I haven't been to Wisconsin since Tausch and the Badgers and just uh, demolished us Demolch. in 1999 yeah. um, with Ron Demolch. Dane breaking the, yep. breaking the record, Wisconsin clinching the birth of the Rose Bowl, some kid named Matt Unerdo running for like 200 yards on us in the second half. Matt Unerdo! <laughs> yeah. It was uh, – one of the worst nights I've ever experienced in college football. Yes. Well, it was one of the best nights for us. So that's a uh, that's yes, a good. D- hey, Matt. Before we get into your bold prediction and kind of get your take on where this Green Bay Packers team's at, what makes mm-hmm. Jimmy Leonard such a great coach? Because we just look at from a Wisconsin standpoint, we say, "Huh, it doesn't matter. You lose eight starters. Jimmy's here. Jimmy's going to fix it. Jimmy's great. What is right." Uh, his ability to teach and relate to relate to his players. I mean, that's the first thing. He can talk about scheme. That's one thing I've learned, you know, at a lower level, at the high school level. His scheme is one thing, um, and it's great to talk about scheme, but if you're not teaching the fundamentals of the scheme, you're not creating um, belief and motivation within your players, it doesn't really matter what you throw on the chalkboard. I think that's one thing that Jimmy is excellent at, his ability to teach and to relate that to his players and to see the production on the field based on the coach techniques and playing within the structure of the scheme. Uh, he is excellent. I think Jimmy could teach anything. Put him in a classroom, he'd be the best English teacher, best history teacher. does not matter because he is so detailed at what he does, and his personality is perfect for football players. Uh, he is a future head coach. There's no question about it. Whether it's at the college level or at the pro level, he can do that as well. He's that good. Well, and he's also a former NFL safety, and we know those are mostly mostly the smartest guys on the field. Um, all right, so we have two members of the 2000 draft class, one that went 25 picks after Tom Brady, one that went one pick before Tom Brady, if I recall correctly. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Okay. Uh, and both happy in their post-NFL careers while Tom Brady continues to chug along. I know. Uh, despite his wife's disappointment, it would appear. All right, so when before we get your bold prediction, when you look at the NFC as a whole and you look at Tom Brady and you look at Aaron Rodgers and all these other quarterbacks and these teams, how do you see the Packers stacking up? And maybe that plays into what your prediction is going to be. I think the Packers are right in the mix. 
uh, they're in the mix to win the North. They're in the mix to compete for the NFC. And I think it's going to be a transition year in terms of what they are offensively. Right now, their defense, in my opinion, has a chance to be a top-five unit in the National Football League. There's no question about it. I think they have speed and talent at all three levels. You look at the secondary right now, and when you have Alexander back, who, in my opinion, is the top-three corner in the NFL, and they're going to be able to be man-heavy, be zone-heavy, use late-coverage rotation because they have a front seven they can get sideline to sideline, and they have pass rushers that can get home to the quarterback. In terms of the offense, the transition I'm talking about is is there is a transition at the wide receiver position. There's no question about it. You have young players that are going to be counted on, maybe not immediately in week one, but throughout the course of the season to be productive players for them. So I think, based on the coaching tree with Matt LaFleur, what that offense really is in terms of structure, there's a heavy run game foundation in that offense. You can look at that coaching tree. In my opinion, the offense is built – out of the run game. It sets up your passing opportunities. It sets up your play-action opportunities. At the end of the day, when you're doing install, I would have to think one of the first things you install in OTAs and June minicamp is your foundational run game approach. And that's why I had, you guys call it a bold prediction, Uh, I think A.J. Dillon can be the leading rusher on this football team because what I believe or anticipate is going to be asked of Aaron Jones in the pass game. All right, so you know I love you. But we gave Jesse, our producer, unending grief for making the exact same prediction because A.J. Dillon led them in rushing last year. So we would be hypocrites if we didn't get after you a little bit. He Now, he only had 803 yards, right. and Aaron Jones had 799. So I guess I would ask, do you see a large disparity on this? And how good can each of them be in the pass game? Because I think a lot of us are expecting the run game to be an extension and those two guys also to catch a ton of passes as well. Right. Well, I think A.J. Dillon will be a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, I believe he can be. He has the physical profile to do it. And how they're set up both zone and power run schemes up front. Uh, Just a downhill back we can get on the track a vertical path, push the ball to the second level. And you can ask any defensive player over the course of the season, over the course of a football game. If, if A.J. Dillon is getting 15, 17 carries a game, those late-game carries, I don't want to tackle them in safety. I'm tired of doing that by the fourth quarter. No one wants to do that anymore. It's like tackling and, Ron you know, Dane playing for Iowa. Yes, it is. Same thing. He, he's your closer in the fourth quarter. Um, in terms of Aaron Jones, what he can do in the pass game, it's different. Now, A.J. Dillon is, is going to catch – Swing screens and unders. That's how I see him as a receiving back in the NFL. But Aaron Jones, I go back to when um, he got paid. What was it, two summers ago or last summer? I can't remember. But when he when he got the new contract, I said to myself, well, they're paying him to be a factor in the pass game. Yeah. That's why I pay a running back that type of money is because he has flexibility. He can line up in the slot. He can line up backside. He can motion him out of the backfield. He can create matchups for him. With those matchups, become higher percentage throws for Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yes, they've thrown verticals uh, to Jones before. We've seen it. But most of it, it's crossers, it's unders, it's slants, it's angle routes, it's flats out of the back. Those are high percentage throws for Rodgers. We can see it quickly, get the ball out quickly, and now you're getting the ball to a playmaker in space who can create after the catch. All right, so, Matt, when you're looking at what Jason went with bold-wise and Jesse also is Sammy Watkins. You know, all that's great with Aaron Jones out of the backfield, A.J. Dillon, but they still need to at least look at production-wise from the receiver spot. 
How big of an impact do you think? How much do you think Sammy Watkins has left in the tank because he's been injured and he hasn't been overly productive the last two or three seasons? Well, you bring up a great point, Tosh. It's availability first, right? We both know you have to be on the field. You have to be on the field. Um, so if he is healthy, uh, you have to look at what he is uh, at the position. He's a straight-line speed player. That's what he is, a powerful straight-line speed player. So how do they scheme him up? Can he be similar um, in terms of vertical stretch opportunities like you saw with MVS the last couple of years? Can he run the deep overs? Can he run the deep crossers on play action and give Rodgers he hits the back foot on the drop, the ball is out, and it's thrown to a second or third level window. You know they're going to use him in the screen game underneath, wide receiver screens, to try to utilize that straight line speed to get him vertically up the field. Um, in terms of route running traits, and everyone has to understand this, you're not going to recreate Devontae Adams, not with his receiving group, right? But can you try to recreate the production with two to three guys? I think that has to be the goal with this receiving group, is recreate the production, even though it's going to look different, There's going to be different route concepts. There's still ways to scheme for the wide receiver talent they have that will fit the throwing traits of Aaron Rodgers. All right, Matt, last thing before we let you go. You talked about the defense and potentially being a top-five group. They have gotten all kinds of hype throughout the offseason. We haven't seen any hard evidence, obviously. We know what they look like on paper. You talked about that secondary, which I think a lot of people like. what about their two edge rushers? If you look at Rashawn Gary, Tausch already has him as elite. I say he's knocking on the door of being elite. Preston Smith. Second in the league in pressures last year. That's just the facts. Preston Smith, uh, pretty good every other year. Not so good in even years. This happens to be an even year. What's realistic to expect there? And and are having those two guys enough? Because last year, one of the reasons they were able to be successful was they lost to Darius Smith, and obviously Rashawn Gary was able to step in right away and be productive for them. I, I think Gary has high-end high, high traits. I mean, you can go back to his profile when he was getting recruited out of high school, right? Um, in terms of how he was ranked as a recruit because of the physical tools he has, the physical gifts he has, uh, the short area speed. Um, his technique has really developed over the last year. Um, his ability to close in the quarterback, bend on the edge, win one-on-one matches. And you're seeing more in today's NFL. Um, his ability to scheme one-on-ones up front based on your defensive alignment where you can get your defensive end in a you know almost a scripted one-on-one. You know he's going to have a one-on-one based on how you're aligned up front with the other defensive linemen. Preston Smith, to me, is more of a power-based defensive end. He can still give you pass game production in terms of sacks and quarterback hits. But I think, Rashawn Gary, you have to envision, if we're making bold predictions, that he can get 12 to 15 sacks in the season. Tausch, if he ends up being right, you'll end up being right. Two members of the 2000 draft class on the same page there. Matt? We appreciate you, man. Thanks for always making time for us when we call. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. That is Matt Bowen from ESPN. Pretty good stuff. Two Matts who played for the Packers and worked for ESPN. So Matt Bowen is just insightful. Yeah. I think he studies like nobody's business. I agree. He's not just making stuff up out of thin air. Uh is he the boldest cat? No, <laughs> he's knew, not. I knew that was coming. But, but he is going to give you, he's going to shoot it straight. And I, I don't sense, I, I'm curious, I don't know if he's as bullish on the Packers as I am. I don't think he is. Hmm. 
Yeah, uh, I did not hear any sort of season prediction from him on that. I will make a prediction for you at some point this week when you have some free time and you're hanging out with your friends and you're muddling some of your favorite items. I don't know if it's going to be blueberries or it's going to be an infusion, but it's going to include Tito's. Yeah, maybe elderberries. Uh, it's been no. a while. Oh, you're going to go elderberry. back yeah. Friday. Come in do hot. It Friday. Season opener. Friday. Yeah. If I do elderberries, I have to come on and grind through a show on Friday. We'll see. But I'll guarantee you it'll be Tito's in my glass. Simple, smooth, and every sip is easy as the last. Tito's handmade vodka tastes just as good with elderberries as it does with tap water. You can put in your favorite mixer. And back in the day, our guy Tito, that's what he did. He distilled it. He hand bottled it. He taste tested it, sent it over to a few friends, taste tested it again, and he wanted to give you the finest juice around. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff, just Tito's. For recipes, videos, and more, visit titosvodka.com, crafted to be savored responsibly. All right, so you're not going to hear, oh, snap, just yet. But be prepared, because our final bold predictor is Ben Brust. He is scheduled to appear next, and then after that, we're going to close up shop. Tausch always has wanted to do this, and it very rarely happens, with Wilde and Tausch trivia as well. 9.30 kickoff for uh, trivia on a college football Saturday. Late game. So, uh, in the words of Scar in The Lion King, which is one of the more family-friendly greatest movies of all time, be prepared. Ben Brust scheduled to appear next on the Bold Palooza that is Wilde and Tausch.